It's not long until Christmas, and that can only mean one thing. Death. In amongst the joy, the laughter and the sleigh bells, Christmas season is all about gorging on the meat of thousands of species of animals. Of course, we don't say that's what it's all about. In fact, we actually try to hide from it by using cute and festive names. Pigs and blankets, for instance, sound a lot nicer than pigs tied up in a part of their own body. The word gravy sounds better than brown animal juice. The name goose fat, well, that one's self-explanatory because no one cares about geese. But it's safe to say that most mammals and birds aren't looking forward to the festive period in the same way that we are. Farmyard animals are watching on in horror as people take chocolates out of advent calendars, knowing that every window opened means they're one step closer to the abattoir. The popular phrase, it's like turkeys voting for Christmas, is a funny joke about the idea of birds being allowed to vote. But behind the joke lies the grim reality that if we did allow turkeys the choice, they would almost certainly vote to cancel Christmas because it's a day that means millions of them getting eaten and then complained about for being too dry. Welcome to Joe Bates Explains the Planet. Eating animals and drinking their milk? Should we be doing it? It's a difficult subject and let's face it, most people are very biased. Sure, you'll get the odd meat eater who'll feel terrible about animals being killed but just can't bring themselves to replace their burger with a large mushroom. And just like you get people who would never commit murder themselves but would happily help a friend dispose of a body, you'll get the odd vegetarian who doesn't mind cooking animals for their carnivore friends. But mostly, people are firmly on one side of the argument or the other. Not me, because I, Joe Bates, see both sides. As a vegetarian who occasionally eats pork pies when I'm feeling depressed and unimaginative, I'll be able to fairly judge all of the arguments. And that's what I'm going to do here today. And in 20 minutes time, both myself, Joe Bates, and you, the audience, will know exactly whether it's okay to eat meat, just in time to either buy a massive turkey with a clear conscience, or call your family to tell them you won't be coming to Christmas dinner this year because it's barbaric. So after this short musical burst, we'll start our journey at the place where the animals live, farms. Hi guys, so I've come out here to Vauxhall City Farm in London to have a look at where the meat industry begins. It's in farms like this where animals live, where they wait essentially to be ready for us to eat them. And I thought by seeing it up close and personal, we'd have a good idea of whether we should be vegetarian or not. Unfortunately, I went out without checking whether it was open and it's not. It's closed for the winter period. Quite disappointing really because it would have been useful to see it up close. I can see some of the animals from a distance but I can't really see whether they're happy or not. I was going to try and get some farmyard ambience. There's a donkey that occasionally brays but that's happening 
about once every 10 minutes. It's pretty cold as well, so what I think I'm going to do is go back home and have a look at the Vauxhall City Farm website and I think that should tell us everything we need to know about farms and the meat industry. I'm going to get the bus now which will take about half an hour but for you it'll be no time at all because I'll edit it together in such a way that doesn't include the bus ride. Back in a sec. Hi guys, so I'm back at home now and I'm having a look at this Vauxhall City Farm website. Sometimes farms get a bit of a bad reputation, but to be honest, this place looks really great. All the animals look really happy in these photos. If they're upset about the fact they're going to end up in a sandwich or a hot pot one day, they're certainly hiding it pretty well. Every animal in these pictures is obviously eventually going to be eaten and replaced. But the farm isn't trying to hide it. They've got a lamb here which is called Josh. But it says in the blurb his full name is actually Rogan Josh, which makes really clear what his fate is going to be. And it's the same for Josh's sister, Passander, and Wellington the cow. But the animals are still happy because they get food and shelter, and they're going to be much safer in a farm like this than they would be out in the British wild when they'd be under attack from predators like foxes and grass snakes. I've got to say, if places like Vauxhall City Farm are where the meat industry starts, it looks like quite a good deal for both us and the animals. Unfortunately, the budget for this series of Joe Bates Explains It All has been spent on a quite spectacular firework display that'll be in the final podcast. So I don't have any money to go out and visit other farms or places like abattoirs or slaughterhouses, anywhere like that. But we can probably assume the conditions in those places are similar to those at Vauxhall City Farm. So based on that, it's an early goal for the carnivores. Eating animals one, not eating animals nil. So farms are great places for animals, but are they great places for humans? Because there's a school of thought that says that farms and the meat industry in general is going to destroy our planet big style because of its effect on global warming. Lots of climate scientists pin the blame for global warming squarely on cows' doorsteps. They say that by allowing themselves to be mass-produced for tasty beef and cheesy treats, cows are damaging the planet. For one thing, cows produce a lot of methane. Methane damages the ozone layer, which is vital to reflect the sun's heat safely back into space, away from all of our delicate bodies and icebergs. Cows also require a lot of deodorant, and since it takes far too much time to go up to every single cow and apply roll-on, they're sprayed with industrial-sized aerosols, also damaging the ozone layer. And worst of all, Cows make money for farmers. Farmers use their cow money to buy diesel-powered vehicles, go on short-haul holidays, and of course to buy lots more cows, causing the problem to go on forever. Farmers also tend to be really right-wing and myopic. They vote for Tory governments hell-bent on destroying humanity. 
They only ever use the phrase carbon footprint in a sort of sarcastic tone of voice, and only one farmer in history has ever donated money to an organisation that helps save the planet. And even they did it by mistake, thinking they were buying green peas. Destroying farmers' livelihoods is a great reason to go vegetarian, and that makes it eating animals one, not eating animals one. Animals are great, but the people who don't eat them are generally not great, with many vegetarians being amongst the most evil people to have ever lived. Meat is Murder sang Morrissey on the 1986 Smith song Meat is Murder from the 1986 Smith's album Meat is Murder. The fact that Morrissey wants us to be vegetarian should make all sensible people doubt whether it's the right thing to do. After all, this is the same man who wrote the song Dangerously Asian and wrote the lyrics for the Build the Wall chant heard at many Donald Trump rallies. Another evil vegetarian is Jeremy Corbyn, who, when he's not been a traitor to the country, goes around town stinking of chickpeas, telling anyone who'll listen that Israeli hummus, quote, tastes like ass. And of course, the most famous vegetarian of all was famously Hitler. Now, no matter how much you might want animals to live, by not eating them, you are essentially telling the world that, at least on one level, you agree with Hitler. Now, compare that with all the people who aren't vegetarian. Nelson Mandela, Winston Churchill, your nana. Give me those guys above Morrissey, Corbyn and Hitler any day. And also, give me a tasty chicken drumstick, because it's another point for me eating. Back in the bad old days, all meat and dairy came from animals who died in pain, having lived a horrible, boring life. Not anymore, because organic produce and ethical solutions now mean that you can rest assured that the meat in your meal comes from an animal who lived a rich life and died a glorious death. There are many examples of moral meat. For instance, all the beef that the restaurant chain Honest Burgers serves comes from cows that are told at a very early age that they're going to be killed in their prime. It's a very traumatic moment, but after a while they come to terms with it and end up living much more full lives than the cows who have no idea they're going to die young, so end up just pissing about and achieving nothing. In a similar way, buying organic dairy products mean you can have lovely milk without the troubling guilt because the farmers specifically choose cows that seem like they're the type that have maternal instincts towards humans and probably would have given their milk up willingly if we gave them a choice. So you can order a rare and bloody burger from Honest Burgers, wash it down with a pint of milk and know that the cow that provided your meal is looking approvingly on down from heaven or up from hell depending on the life it led. Sounds good to me and that makes it meat eating three Vegetarianism won. Part of the reason many of us feel comfortable eating meat is because animals are stupid and it's okay to eat stupid things. It'd be terrible to eat clever animals, so we generally don't eat dogs or other people. And we even extend this courtesy to stupid animals that do a good job of pretending that they're clever, like cats and horses. 
you might be thinking, why in that case do some countries eat animals that we consider clever? Well that's just because of regional difference in animal intelligence. For instance, dogs in Korea are incredibly stupid, and when the scandal broke in 2013 which revealed that there was a lot of horse meat in many ready meals in the UK, those who'd travelled across Eastern Europe knew it wasn't a scandal at all, because the horse meat came from Romania, and the horses there are very thick and would never be able to race each other for money or dance at the Olympics like our ones. So really, if you're worried about eating meat because the animals you eat might have went on to achieve big things or have a fulfilling retirement, you shouldn't. But then again, is it right to eat something just because it's not clever? It's hard to be sure, but anyway, if meat-eating scores another point, it's going to be way too far ahead in the scores. So just to keep things interesting, let's just say just because animals are stupid doesn't necessarily mean we should eat them. So let's call that meat-eating 3, vegetarianism 2. Many farmyard animals would have no chance of surviving in the wild because they can't defend themselves or run off like other animals. Chickens can't fly, cows don't have an ink pouch that they can use to spray on predators and pigs can't change the colour of their skin to camouflage themselves into the background, which is good because that would be terrifying. When ecologists attempted to reintroduce cows to the Serengeti in the 60s, it was a complete disaster. The cows had no chance and even some animals that weren't carnivores to begin with started eating them because it was just so easy. Compare that to zebras, whose fast legs and confusing appearance make it perfect for surviving in the wild. It seems therefore that zebras are better evolved to survive. But wait a second, there are 1.4 billion cows on the planet and only 750,000 zebras. And some species of zebras are even going extinct. That's a bit embarrassing for an animal that seems so well evolved. And not only are they beaten by cows, they're also easily beaten by all farmyard animals. There are 2 billion pigs on the earth and a whopping 19 billion chickens, meaning in terms of sheer numbers, chickens are the most successful species of all time. How have all these weak and confused animals managed to do so well? Well, it's actually evolution. All farmyard animals have evolved to become as delicious as possible. This encourages humans to provide them with everything they need, from food to extremely cramped living quarters, to keep the survival of their species going. By making their meat enjoyable for humans to eat, these animals have secured their future as a species. Whilst superficially more impressive, but nowhere near as tasty, animals like zebras fall by the wayside. So in terms of evolution, Farmyard animals need us to eat them, but what about our own evolution? Have we actually evolved to eat animals, or do we just enjoy it? Well, if you compare humans to apex predators like lions and bears, we're rubbish. Our teeth are so crap that before we can even eat meat, we need to use kitchen appliances to soften it up. This just wouldn't be viable in the wild. Even if you found a plug socket, any animal you want to eat would steer well clear of you as soon as they saw you preheating the oven. And our claws are of such poor quality that we're not legally allowed to call them claws anymore. And what we call our nails wouldn't help us in any sort of fight outside of a drunken high street scrap. 
we're feckless, we're lazy, and most of us are very slow runners, and none of this suggests we're evolved to be specialised killers. So in terms of evolution, it has to be another point for vegetarianism, which leaves the scores tantalisingly at 3-3. So we're coming to the end of the podcast now, and the scores are level. I was going to try and cover veganism, but it would have took ages, and also veganism isn't very Christmassy. You would have absolutely hated me if I'd told you you have to throw out your advent calendars, destroy your cheese boards, and pour your eggnog down the drain. And speaking of Christmas, the festive spirit has actually helped me come to a decision about whether you should be vegetarian or not. We mentioned earlier that animals don't like Christmas, but people do, and they're the ones who I'm aiming at with this podcast. So as a special Joe Bates Explains It All gift to all of my listeners, let's just say it's fine to eat meat and leave this whole difficult subject behind us. Let's put the horrors of the meat industry out of our mind and enjoy some quality time and meat with our friends and loved ones. And then in January, you can still eat meat because that's always a rough month and we need to do what we can to get through. Let's see how we feel in February. And with that, we come to the end of Joe Bates Explains the Planet Part 1, eating animals and drinking their milk, should we be doing it? And the answer is yes, because it's Christmas. And if you'll excuse me, I've got a six and a half hour festive megabus to catch. Merry Christmas, everyone. Christmas